Ciao, amici. Welcome to Cinema Italiano, the podcast dedicated to the Italian experience as told by film. Today, we'll be talking about Felix von Groningen and Charlotte Vandermeersch's 2022 film The Eight Mountains, or Le Otto Montagne. First, as a few news items, the Venice Film Festival just took place earlier this month, September 2023. And of course, being held in Italy, Venice typically has a robust lineup of Italian films featured. I published a list of all the Italian films in selection, across the official competition, the Horizons or Horizonti section, Restorations, and more. I'll include a link here in the show notes. Several of the awards went out to Italian films, including The Silver Lion for Best Director to Matteo Garrone's Yo Capitano, the Marcello Mastroianni Award, recognizing performance by a young actor, went to Seydou Sar for his performance in Yo Capitano, and we'll get to more on Yo Capitano in just a moment. The Orizonti Special Jury Prize to Elaine Paroni's An Endless Sunday, the Orizonti Best Screenplay Award to Enrico Maria Artale's El Paraiso, and the Orizonti Extra Audience Award to Michela Ramazzotti's Felicita. The Toronto Film Festival also just wrapped up this month, and the Italian films featured there included An Endless Sunday, La Chimera by Alice Rohrwacher, Rapito or Kidnapped by Marco Bellocchio, and Holiday by Eduardo Gabriellini. And then coming up shortly in late September through October, we'll have the New York Film Festival, which will include again La Chimera and Rapito. Something interesting to call out is that the films that have come up a lot throughout these festivals have been La Chimera and Rapito, which I would have predicted to be the two frontrunners as Italy's submission for Best International Feature Film, with Rohrwacher being a recent Oscar nominee just last year for Best Live Action Short Film with Le Pupile, and Marco Bellocchio's Rapito has been a big award winner within Italy this year, and his films historically have often been selected as Italy's submission. But, truly, as I was prepping notes for this episode, it's been announced that Matteo Garrone's Yo Capitano, the award winner I mentioned earlier from the Venice Film Festival, will be Italy's selection for Best International Feature Film. I haven't been able to see most of the movies on Italy's shortlist for consideration, but it's sort of surprising that Italy went with Yo Capitano, which has just not been making the rounds within the film festival circuit like La Chimera and Rapito have. So it'll need to ramp up buzz pretty quickly in order to fare well when it comes to award season. And maybe it is the best movie of the three, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. It's just sort of a surprise choice given the films that have been circulating so far. And then in home video news, perfect for this episode, The Eight Mountains is now available for digital purchase and to stream on the Criterion channel. And the Blu-ray and DVD release date for this film will be November 21st, 2023, just in time for Thanksgiving. And this is a movie to be thankful for. I first got to see The Eight Mountains earlier this year as part of the Sundance Film Festival. I remember being so drawn into the characters, especially the relationships between its three leading men, between Pietro and Bruno, two lifelong best friends, between Pietro and his father, Giovanni, and Bruno with Giovanni, who's a surrogate father figure in his young adulthood. It's a deeply layered story, and what stood out to me the most was how it explores loss, 
creating a key turning point in one's life. And this almost blank slate to restart is expressed through physical space in the landscape. The openness of the mountains as a symbol of liberation, possibility, and also emptiness. Soon after seeing the eight mountains, I wrote an essay on it, which I'll include a link to here in the show notes. And it's a movie that's lingered with me months after that first viewing, and I very much look forward to seeing it again. And then to take a bit of a step back, wanted to contextualize the original source material and the journey that this film has had. The Eight Mountains, the book, is the first novel by Paolo Cognetti. It was published in 2016 and went on to win the Strega Prize, Italy's highest award for literature. Paolo Cognetti's background is like that of his character and narrator Pietro's. He is a writer, he grew up spending his summers in the mountains, he spent time traveling the Himalayas, and has since moved back to the Alps. The Eight Mountains, the film, is an Italian-French-Belgian co-production set in Italy and is in fact made by two non-Italian filmmakers, Felix von Groningen and Charlotte Vandermeersch, who learned the language to write the script and to work with the cast and crew. Paolo Cognetti, who's the book's author, even helped with some of the dialect to ensure regional authenticity. Felix von Groningen is a Belgian director and screenwriter whose works include the Oscar-nominated The Broken Circle Breakdown, a Belgian film, as well as Beautiful Boy, shot in English. Co-directing with Felix von Groningen is his real-life partner Charlotte Vandermeersch, an actress and screenwriter who makes her directorial debut here with The Eight Mountains. Starring in the film are Luca Marinelli, who plays Pietro. Luca Marinelli is also the star of Martin Eden, another recent favorite of mine, Ricordi or Remember, as well as memorable supporting roles in The Great Beauty and They Call Me Jig. Alessandro Borghi, who plays Bruno, has starred in films including Naples and Veils, which we just did an episode on. He stars in The First King, and he delivers an award-winning performance in On My Skin. The two actors, Marinelli and Borghi, previously starred together in Don't Be Bad, Non Essere Cattivo, back in 2015, almost a decade ago. The Eight Mountains premiered at Cannes on May 18, 2022, where it went on to become one of two winners of the Grand Prix, and shortly after was acquired by Sideshow and Janus Films, for distribution in North America, where it made its way around film festivals and art house theaters, including Sundance and Film at Lincoln Center. Then on May 10th, 2023, almost a full year after its world premiere at Cannes, The Eight Mounds became the big winner of the night at the David Di Donatello Awards, Italy's highest honors for film, taking home the awards for Best Film, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, and Best Sound. Of course, awards shows aren't the be-all, end-all to qualify what makes good cinema, but the awards that night were so much fun to watch, with such emotional, heartfelt reactions from the cast and crew. In particular, it was amazing to see the partner screenwriters and directors, Von Groningen and Vandermeersch, two non-native Italian speakers who created a film that's resonated with audiences both Italian and around the world. And when the whole team gets on stage, to accept the award for best film, seeing Luca Marinelli and Alessandro Borghi 
two actors whose real-life careers have overlapped, they've starred alongside each other, and been in the running together for the same awards. It all feels like a reunion stemming from a real-life friendship, just like the characters they portray. I'll include links to the acceptance speeches here in the show notes. They're really special to watch. As a basic plot summary taken from the Cannes Film Festival website, The Eight Mountains is the story of a friendship, of children becoming men who try to erase the footprints of their fathers, but who, through the twists and turns they take, always end up returning home. Pietro is a boy from the city. Bruno is the last child of a forgotten mountain village. Over the years, Bruno remains faithful to his mountain, while Pietro is the one who comes and goes. Their encounters introduce them to love and loss, reminding them of their origins, letting their destinies unfold, as Pietro and Bruno discover what it means to be true friends for life. Everything about this movie is shaped by the excellent character development through its two leads, Pietro and Bruno. Bruno and his parents come up from the big city of Torino to spend the summers in Grana, nestled in the Italian Alps. Pietro is quiet and reserved, spending his days in the family's summer house, reading and writing. His skin is pale, he's not outdoors much, and it's physically difficult for him to keep up, needing to stop and catch his breath, and he gets altitude sickness going on hikes with his father and Bruno. As he gets older, as a teenager and a young adult, he grows to resent his father, telling him he never wants to grow up to be like him and accuses his father of having no friends and forcing Pietro to spend time with him because no one else will. As the years pass, Pietro has entered adulthood and is on his own working as a chef. He gets a call one night from his mother that his father has died over 10 years after the two last spoke. He goes back home and back to Grana in the mountains where he reconnects with Bruno, seeing each other for the first time in years and the two enter a new chapter of friendship as they build a house together in the mountains to fulfill a last wish of Pietro's fathers. In taking on this work together, Pietro grows confidence and strength that he previously didn't have, with a newfound appreciation and embrace for nature, overcoming the altitude sickness he has as a child by climbing up a mountain by himself, like he's testing himself easing into it before rushing up, way to the top, to wave down at Bruno, taking pride in how he's grown and how far he's come. When the house is completed, Pietro continues on his life, back to the city, and then eventually on to Nepal, finding a new mountain range in the Himalayas, immersing himself in the people and culture there. The house back in the Alps, and seeing Bruno, stays a steady part of his life, as a familiar anchor to hold on to while he explores what else the world has to offer. Bruno's life, in parallel to Pietro's, runs a different course. Bruno is from Grana, and when he meets Pietro at age 11, he's the only remaining child in the tiny village. His lifestyle is an agrarian one, working with animals, becoming skilled at manual labor, and he knows his way around the mountains. He lives with his aunt and uncle while his father is abroad working in construction. Over the course of the summer, he grows close to Pietro and his parents, 
who invite him to come stay with them in Torino and attend school there to give him access to education and a future that he likely wouldn't have had by staying in Grana. Pietro is against this offer, believing it would ruin Bruno to take him away from the mountains, and then Bruno's father comes to take Bruno away to work in construction with him abroad at age 11. Over time, Bruno continues working, comes back to Grana, and Pietro's parents become like surrogate parents to Bruno. After Pietro's father, Giovanni, passes, Bruno takes Pietro to the land where Giovanni wanted to one day build a mountain house, and he offers to build it for free as a last tribute to his father figure. This project is how Pietro and Bruno reconnect as adults, united by a shared cathartic cause following a loss. Pietro introduces Bruno to Lara, his sort of girlfriend from the city, and she in turn falls for Bruno, and the pair have a daughter together. They start a family business of cheese making, using the artisan traditional methods requiring high costs in labor investment where the sale of their goods just doesn't yield a profit. The family's financial state brings Bruno feelings of embarrassment and disappointment in himself, and as things crumble around him, he retreats up to the mountain house, abandoning his partner and daughter. Pietro comes to visit him one last time, but Bruno is determined to stay put on his mountain for the rest of his life. The bond at the core of the Eight Mountains is the lifelong friendship between Pietro and Bruno. The two meet as children at age 11, and Bruno, as the taller, more confident, more rough-and-tumble of the pair, brings Pietro out of his shell. In Bruno, Pietro sees a purity of life. Bruno's seemingly idyllic lifestyle up in the mountains, away from society, technology, and where he can be one with nature, is like a Garden of Eden compared to the noisy, crowded city of Torino where Pietro and his parents live. Bruno and his lifestyle are unspoiled, and Pietro begs his parents to let Bruno stay that way. The strength of their bond is revisited through a quick moment a few years later as teenagers. Pietro, around high school age, is at a bar hanging out with other kids in similar preppy dress, and in walks a group of laborers, sweaty and scrubby from a day of work, including Bruno. The two make eye contact from across the bar, acknowledging each other, but they don't speak. Over a decade later, the two reunite again after Pietro's father's passing, and they pick up where they left off. Without needing to catch up on the years in between, they move forward together in a new chapter of friendship. Upon completion of the cabin, Pietro assures Bruno that the house is not only Pietro's, but both of theirs, and it's where they'll continue to see each other every summer, laying the literal foundation for how they will stay close, committing to stay connected, even as their lives go in different directions. Perhaps the greatest signifier of their deep friendship and understanding of one another is through their shared experience of loss and grief for Pietro's father, Giovanni. As Pietro goes through his father's things, he finds a map of hiking trails 
marked in different colors. One for Giovanni, Pietro's father, one for Pietro, and one for Bruno. Each colored line signifying which trails one or two of them or three of them hiked. Pietro sees all the paths traveled and memories spent between Giovanni and Bruno and not with Pietro as a result of his falling out with his father. This could easily have led to a moment of resentment by Pietro towards Bruno, but it's not. He recognizes that he had stepped away from his father, and in Bruno, Giovanni had found a surrogate son, just as in Giovanni, Bruno found a father figure. In the text of the novel, Pietro says that he felt pleased that during all those years, his father had not just gone into the mountains alone. More than jealousy, he felt regret for not having been there. This nuanced understanding becomes even more emotional as Pietro continues to follow his father's footsteps. Hiking up in the mountains, at certain milestone markers, are crucifix planted in the ground, signifying a small locker buried with notebooks or trinkets left by other hikers passing by. Small notes and timestamps recorded to memorialize that day's outing. In one of these lockers, Pietro finds a note from his father, dated from decades earlier, where his father had written that next time, Pietro will be who's leading the hike. These notes are then followed by later entries on expeditions taken by Giovanni and Bruno in place of Pietro. This narrative development is paired to tremendous effect with the visual space of the mountains. Pietro learning about memories he should have been part of and wasn't pour over us as the camera swirls around the vast openness of the Alps landscape. The wide open air surrounding Pietro is like the empty space Pietro should have filled. The experience of shared grief and memory by Pietro and Bruno unites them in their adulthood, though much of their characterization is in the pair's dichotomy in ways they are almost opposites. By nature of their backgrounds, there is a big cultural gap between the two friends. Pietro grows up in the city of Torino, in an upper middle class family, where his father is a suit-wearing, senior leader of industry, and the expectation is that Pietro will also go to university and follow a similar path. By nature of living in the city, with access to more resources, Pietro has a primary school to go to, which is a luxury even Bruno doesn't have. As an adult, Pietro's work as a chef, still living in the city, keeps him around new and fresh faces, bringing ongoing social energy and vibrancy to his life. Bruno, from the mountains, is the only child left in the village of Grana. The schoolhouse is abandoned, there's no one else his age, and he's expected to work on the farm before going to work with his father in construction. The options available to him are limited, and the path he does pursue as an adult is still a traditional agrarian one keeping him there in the mountains, as a casaro who produces cheese. Their different life circumstances also inform how they vary in terms of physical strength and traditional notions of masculinity. Pietro, a city boy, is pale, skinny, and has a harder time adjusting to the mountains, suffering altitude sickness on multiple occasions, growing dizzy, and experiencing difficulty breathing. While Bruno, who's tall, capable, and in the land he's always known, 
is able to hike up a glacier with apparent ease. This continues into adulthood when they reunite and Pietro, with a scrawny stubble on his face, says that Bruno has a real beard, like a true mountain man. As the two build the mountain house together, Bruno is who directs their work, knows what to do, and Pietro just following what he's told. Even carting materials up to the construction site, the skinny Pietro doesn't have the command over animals as Bruno does. Pietro struggles to control the donkeys bearing wood, stone, and supplies, something that Bruno could do since childhood. And through all this, despite their differences, how easy it would be for Bruno to tease Pietro for a perceived weakness, and he never does. Their life circumstances are different, but neither treats the other as lesser than themselves. Again, reinforcing that deep respect and understanding in their friendship. Where Pietro and Bruno do split, though, is in their different philosophies and worldviews. In Pietro's travels in Nepal, he meets an older man who tells him that there are eight mountains circled around the world, and another peak, the largest, in the middle of all of them. The two paths we can take in life are to travel the eight mountains, seeing the world, or to stay put on the mountain that we came from. Pietro, ever fidgety, restless, and looking for something else, is of course he who travels the eight mountains, forging out a new life in Nepal, thousands of miles from where he came from. He talks to strangers along the way, opening his mind, and even learns new languages. Bruno is who stays on his mountain, spending his whole life in the Alps. And as his life unfolds, his dedication to his homeland veers into stubbornness and isolation. The village of Grana is beautiful, picturesque, and a peaceful way of life that, from the outside, is hard not to envy. Where Bruno starts to turn, though, is after he finds a partner in Lara and they have a daughter together, and the new responsibilities and obligations of family life are just too much for him. He retreats up into the mountain house, claiming self-sufficiency, though it's more like cowardice and abandonment of his loved ones. In voiceover narration, Pietro reflects that in one's life, there are some mountains you can't return to, and for those who have lost a loved one, all the wanderer can do is continue on their journey to the next mountain. This poignant conclusion is paired visually with the melting of the glacier, up from atop the mountain where the house is, flowing down into the rivers, then dropping into condensation into the foliage. Time goes on, the seasons change, and this chapter of Pietro's life has ended. Mountains has stuck with me ever since I first saw it earlier this year. Without being clustered or unfocused, it's such a swirl of different complex ideas that all fit together and reinforce one another beautifully through such authentic, fully realized characters. The story of a friendship over time, where the two pair together so well, but seems break through as their philosophies and worldviews steer them into opposite, incompatible directions. 
the qualities that make someone exciting, new, and admirable can sour and take a turn over time. And what I find most poignant about the film is its complex take on loss and grief with that added component of time. On the one hand, if Pietro's father was projecting a path or lifestyle onto Pietro that he just didn't want, Pietro shouldn't have forced or faked it, but to then sever ties with his father and lose out with all of these moments and memories he could have had is a painful sting of reflection. But balanced out with the satisfaction that Bruno was able to fill that son role for Giovanni, as Giovanni was able to fill that father figure role for Bruno, all as a result from Pietro's absence. And then from a time perspective, the physical markers of these memories, such as Pietro's father's map, highlighting the trails taken or not taken, are written records of dates and milestones reached, like the final quantifier of what remains of our loved ones beyond our memories. The Eight Mountains really commands you to reflect on your own life and relationships in a deeply emotional and thought-provoking way. This is my favorite Italian movie in years, and I'm so thankful it's being distributed and shared with a global audience. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your choice of podcast platform. You can also follow the show on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time, ciao amici.